Carry Anywhere. We are your hosts and hopefully your new bookish pals. I'm Hannah MacDonald. And I'm Lydia Clare. In this month's episode of our Top of Your TBR series, we have a very special guest. Hannah, would you like to introduce? I would love to. Uh, Claire Fuller is an English novelist and short story author. Claire gained a degree in sculpture from Winchester School of Art and went on to have a long career in marketing and didn't actually start writing until she was 40. She's the author of five novels, Bitter Orange, Swimming Lessons, Our Endless Numbered Days, Unsettled Ground, and in April 2023, her new novel, The Memory of Animals, will be published. Her novel, Unsettled Ground, won the Costa Novel Award in 2021 and was shortlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction. We are so excited to be able to feature Claire as part of our Top TBR series, and we hope you love her recommendations as much as we did. But before we get started, Lydia... It's been a hot yeah. minute. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> and this is really strange bookends because we are recording over Zoom with each other and normally we're in the same room. So this is very strange. Yeah, very strange. And let me tell you, I mean, I think our bookends know I'm not technically minded. <laughs> I, thought I'd, I, I thought I'd lost Hannah. I was talking to myself for about five minutes. It turns out I just minimised her. I just minimised, just minimised me. I was still here. I had a panic attack. <laughs> Stop. So uh, really what we want to ask, because uh, we've had listeners say that they love our interviews, they love meeting all our new authors and stuff, but they miss us chatting. So, you know, we thought we'd slip in a little currently reading segment. Oh, yes. So Lydia, what are you currently reading? I am currently reading a fantastic novel let me tell you already I'm only like three chapters in I've got good vibes from it and it is New Animal by Ella Baxter shut up have you started that I have unbelievable (laughs) that's we've had that a while though haven't we I know I know and uh, are you enjoying it I'm loving it oh I'm so excited to read it it's right up my street it's right up my street dead bodies complicated women a mortuary winning winning (laughs) What about you? What are you reading? I am currently reading Dreamland by Rosa Rankin G. Oh. And uh, can we? I think we could say. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be speaking to Rosa herself (laughs) in, I don't know how many episodes time it will be, because we've actually got quite a few cheeky lineups and I'm really excited, but I won't reveal all of them now. But I'm really excited that we're going to be speaking to Rosa in a couple of weeks. In a week. Yes, in a week. (laughs) But Dreamland was one of my... I think one of my favourite reads of this year. It's dystopia, it's dark. Guys, that is... That's big energy for Lydia because she is a harsh, a harsh reviewer if I've ever met one. (laughs) Although, although, bookends, I did just rate a book I've read as five stars. This is a big moment. What was it? It's called I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. There's um, a little theme going on with the books that you're talking about. (laughs) It's all about death. Love the death. Please, if you have not read uh, I'm glad my mom died. Um, then please, please do. It's just oh, it's unbelievably brilliant and so good and dark but hilarious. And um, like if you put off by it being a celebrity memoir, don't be because you know what? I did not know who she was, and it was just amazing. So uh, I can't 
bang on about it enough and I keep thrusting it into people's hands like you must read I'm this. so desperate to read it because mm-hmm. I've heard so much about it it's so and, good. and it deserves the hype it's getting it sounds it amazing really does. so yeah. either I'm stealing it from you or that's gonna be my next buy as soon <sighs> as soon as I've I've took my wrap-up picture I can have <laughs> it's it it's coming to your house <laughs> stunning stunning I will take that I will take that <laughs> should we dive in Oh, I'd love to. Let's dive into the episode. So Claire Fuller, an icon. Well, you were a fan of Claire Fuller before me, weren't you? And you were the one that was thrusting Unsettled Ground into (laughs) my face. Like, Hannah, will you bloody read this book? And it took me so long to read it, but I'm really (laughs) glad that I did. Because you weren't wrong, Lid. I know. I'm never wrong. No, I know. But yes, no, I uh, I have to say I read Unsettled Ground when it was shortlisted for the Women's Prize. Yeah, you were reading all the Women's Prize, weren't you? Yeah. Mm. I mean, still am. <laughs> um, and that was on the list. And I kind of picked it up a bit like, oh, you know, just like, what's it going to be like? Because the cover was a bit weird. Yeah, it didn't give anything Shut away. Up, Lydia, I love this cover. No, no, I mean the cover is great, but it doesn't tell you what it's about, does it? Doesn't give I don't know why I'm hint. showing it. Only you I can know, see it. But anyway, it didn't give me much to go off, and you know I'm not one for blurbs, so I just opened it and started reading it, and then consequently didn't get up for about eight hours because nice. I was glued to it, and it is the most honest and visceral telling of British poverty I think yeah. I've read in a long time it's just outstanding like in, it is in every aspect and I will fight to the death for its honour <laughs> for its honour <laughs> and sure, it rightfully won the Costa, yeah, won the Costa Novel Award yeah yeah why did I think it was called the Costa Book Award has it changed names? Well, it's got it's got um, different categories in it. So there's like ah. the cost of fiction and then the cost of non-fic and the cost of poetry. And it's all like ah. a different title. But anyway, yeah, and deservedly so it won it. Deservedly so. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, so when she said that she was going to, Claire said that she was going to give us some recommendations, I was like, yes. <laughs> we knew gonna they were going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, just for any listeners that haven't read Unsettled Ground, I'm just going to read the blurb so you can get a feel for her work. So twins Jeannie and Julius have always been different from other people. At 51 years old, they still live with their mother, Dot, in rural isolation and poverty. Inside the walls of their old cottage, they make music and in the garden they grow and sometimes kill everything they need for sustenance. But when Dot dies suddenly, threats to their livelihood start raining down. Jeannie and Julius would do anything to preserve their small sanctuary against the perils of the outside world, even as their mother's secrets begin to unravel, putting everything they thought they knew about their lives at stake. Now, that's just a cheeky insight, but like Lydia was saying, you know, it's a it is a really insightful novel on British poverty, on what it's like living on the fringes of society, 
And it's just these characters that just kind of want for nothing. Like, you know, they don't want very much. (laughs) They want very little, actually. And they are just quite content in their home with their family. You know, they do their gardening and have their own produce. And they, they just kind of have everything they need. It's so kind of interesting to read that, especially in, you know, the world that we're living in now, where mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. kind of attached to technology. And these are people that that are not. <laughs> I, I don't even recall them talking about technology. I think they spoke about having to go to their neighbor to use the phone. Yeah. But there was yeah. no like talk of, you know, using their mobile phone or no, they did. They spoke about it, didn't they? But yeah, they have, they, they do have a, a mobile, but it's very much like, like a luxury. The technology yeah. is a luxury and a luxury mm-hmm. that they're really not completely interested in, but yeah. it really gives you a perspective on people that are living below the breadline mm-hmm. and how it's kind of like, yeah, I take for granted that the lamp that's on behind my head is on, you know? Yeah. And with the current like cost of living crisis and stuff I couldn't think of a more pertinent novel to go to absolutely read about it and and to to also maybe even put things in perspective for you a little bit yeah um but yeah and uh Jeannie and Julius's relationship is just amazing and yes just so complex and yet they never question it themselves you know it's all very much kind of like it is what it is but um there's so much there's so much underneath both of the characters and yeah so many layers about it for for days because it's just so good (laughs) it is so good and you know grief is already a really complex emotion but it's made even more complex in their circumstances Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. by their living situation and by these lies and betrayals that are kind of uncovered throughout the novel um so an already complex situation is made even more complex by all these these things that you know come out of the woodwork it is a really brilliant book and um bookends if you're not picking it up if you're not getting on your phones right now and ordering it or sprinting to your nearest bookshop then what are you doing you know unless you've already read it in which case ignore me lid i know that as well as being a fan of claire's work you also really love following her on instagram i do she make my mornings just like so happy (laughs) because (laughs) she has she has this um this hashtag going which is um hashtag um I think it's Claire's books at breakfast and it's where she will highlight a novel that she's been reading it's a like book clubish and um like so many people join in on like chats and recommendations about it about the book she's talking about and I mean it's dangerous for your TBR I'll say Just that because literally every time she's like this book I'm like oh okay there goes another ten around my back pocket. Um, but yeah, so, so she makes you not, your mornings, but she doesn't make your bank balance. She doesn't make my bank balance happy, no. But no. she makes me happy, and that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you're not following her already on Instagram, please head over to her and follow the hashtag Claire's Books at Breakfast because it's because it's great, so much fun. <laughs> so shall we dive into the books? Oh yes, please. Let's listen to what Claire has to say. Hello, I'm Claire Fuller, the author of Unsettled Ground, and I've got four books to recommend to you. First of all, Snegorochka by Judith Hennigan, which is appropriate right now because we're all thinking about Ukraine and what's happening over there. This book is set in Kiev in 1992, and it's full of the sights and sounds of the city and what it might be like to be an Englishwoman 
Navigating New Motherhood in a New City. It's published by Salt and it's available from their website. Okay, Led. So the first book, Snaggy Rochka by Judith Hennigan. Yeah. What did you think? I judged it by its cover. What? I liked this cover. Oh no, guys. Lydia. Bookends. If you if you're gonna click on your phones now, Google it. Google this cover. Because it's just a load of like touristy photos. No, I loved this. Forget about um, forget what Lydia's saying. Ignore her. She's talking like a, shit. It looks like a travel book and I don't I it. loved it. Oh my gosh. No. Okay, so when we do these <laughs> top of your TBR, I'm very passionate about this. When we <laughs> when we do these top of your TBR episodes, we each agree to buy a couple of books each. And Lydia was the one that ordered Snake Yorochka. And then I saw the cover, got jealous and ordered it because of the cover. So don't give me that because <laughs> it's an excellent cover. Thank okay. you. Okay, we'll agree to disagree. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did touch it by its cover and I was like, oh no, is this going to be like travel journalism uh, wrapped up in a facade of a novel? And it really is not. It's no. absolutely incredible. So good. I loved it. I loved, like Claire was saying, about navigating new motherhood. Yeah. And about her, the, like her fear, Rachel's fear of mm-hmm. something going wrong was so visceral. Oh my gosh, yes. That it makes you on edge the entire time because you know something bad will happen mm. because she's telling you constantly that something bad will happen. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I've suffered with postnatal depression myself and my gosh, are some of those things true? Um. And they hit home, they really hit home. And I just thought, you know what? It's such a clever way having her go to a place she's never been to before, people she's never met before, a language she doesn't speak. Because that is what it feels like when you're struggling with a baby because you feel at sea, you feel like you have nothing to hold on to. And and what Judith did was actually physically put her somewhere where she's got nothing to hold on to. And I just, oh, it was incredible. But you, mm. tell me you liked it too please I loved it and I think you know what you're saying is so right Rachel is this woman that's moved to Kiev in Ukraine because her husband is a journalist for BBC World News and you know that's her only reasoning for moving out there and she's this new mother and that's already a dramatic change because and it would be a culture shock because it's a very different lifestyle in Ukraine than it is here Mm -hmm. and you know, to have that on top of, you know, this whole new world of being a new mother. And on top of that, she has, you know, she's st- struggle- clearly struggling with her mental health. Yeah. Um, I was unsure in terms of her mental health, what specific things she was struggling with, because, you know, you you would know better than I do, Lud, the postnatal depression, whether it was that or whether, you know, I was unsure if it was OCD, if it was anxiety, if it was kind of, a myriad of all of those things. I wasn't sure. I mean, for me, I've, I can only speak on anxiety because, you know, I've struggled with that for years and, you know, I've had some of these thoughts that she was having throughout the book where she assumes that worst case scenario is going to happen. Um, and it's constantly playing on her mind and she feels like she needs to do X, Y, and Z to prevent these things from happening, which indicated OCD to me, but then I wasn't sure. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what you thought in terms of that. 
Uh, well, I think that she had natural tendencies towards things like OCD and her anxiety manifesting itself in certain ways like that. However, I do think that the postnatal depression, which I'm certain she had, sort of triggered everything. So, yes, she's got a myriad of mental health problems. I, I think everybody in the world's got a myriad of mental health yeah. issues. And most of the time we keep them at bay by small things, by, you know, managing things are like in a day-to-day life um very simply however when something dramatic in your life changes so you lose somebody or you have a big change like start a new job or lose a job or have a baby everything then can manifest because of this big change that's happened in your life yeah. and I think that that that's what happened so her usual strategies which are you know oh I'll just I'll you know I'll count that because it makes me feel better it's not the end of the world if she does that when she's not got the stresses of moving of having a baby because it, it takes two seconds mm-hmm. but when it becomes something that she has to do compelled to do otherwise the baby dies that is a a huge manifestation of the issues that she's having in her life and Mm -hmm. I think that she did she does have natural tendencies towards OCD or obsessive things and that the things that happen in her life push her towards that so I mean I'm not a psychologist I couldn't a psychiatrist should say and I I couldn't diagnose her but to me and my my postnatal depression journey as they call it um there were a lot of similarities there yeah um about catastrophizing you know the baby what the baby if I do this if I don't look at him every 30 seconds something Mm -hmm. bad will happen he'll stop breathing or something and um and you do you get these these fears and I just thought that this book encapsulated those fears in such a truthful way and in a way that I've not really read before no I, I look back and I try and think of like novels where that's resonated and I just can't think of it you know I don't really know how to describe it but there's like this underlying thing throughout the whole novel that's like kind of intensity that's like growing and growing and growing like this tension like a building tension yeah and I think she writes that really well you know there is this tension that's building throughout the novel but it's like you're not sure where this tension's coming from you're not sure and it's (laughs) she's got the writing style perfect for this particular story because you feel like how it must feel to be inside Rachel's head where she constantly feels on edge and constantly feels like something's going wrong but she's not sure what is going to go wrong and what's going to happen and you definitely get a sense of that when you're reading it absolutely absolutely and I think that she writes there's a character called Rob who is despicable as a human being I hate him the Um, announcement in the restaurant oh well I've got a quote Go on, give it to us. From Rob, just because I think that he's written brilliant characterization. Like, it's just, I just know men like him. And I think every <laughs> woman knows a man Don't like we him. all? Rachel takes the baby from him, hoping someone has asked for the bill. But Rob, it seems, still has things he wants to say. My wife, he says, raising his glass, she has everything. She likes to look good. But do you know the best thing about her? No? Well, I'll tell you. It's that gap between her thighs. That what? V narrows her eyes. That gap, you know, between a woman's legs. Her triangle of light. 
I couldn't be with a woman who doesn't have one. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> was enough to solidify my hatred of that character for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, got I me. know, I know men like that, and it, yeah. oh, she writes them so well. Yeah, <laughs> I think all the characters are written really well. Yeah, but the the visceral kind of fury I felt reading that particular quote (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'm ready to fight this guy (laughs) oh gosh I think as well as Claire has said it's it was it was quite poignant reading about the people living in Ukraine I think I think it's difficult because I can't speak with particular knowledge on the subjects of Ukraine I think I'm completely out my depth however with the current circumstances in Ukraine I think that there is no better time to go out and search this, these kind of novels and yeah. to start getting yourself educated a little bit. And it's, it, yeah, it's a novel, you know, it's not, it's not fact, but there's so much we can learn from mm-hmm. stories that are created by Ukrainian authors or by people that have lived in Ukraine, uh, worked in Ukraine. And it's, it's enlightening to see how, uh, even in 1992, how, how Ukrainians were living and how much of, of the dispute with Russia was still such a huge part of their day-to-day lives. And, you know, it's, it is, it's a fascinating subject. But yeah, but that's just another, another reason why, why I loved the novel, really as a whole was that it's got it's multifaceted you know because it is about Ukraine and it is about the people of Ukraine um and it's also about someone being somewhere completely alien which I found fascinating Mm. however I do believe that we've got some more recommendations that I feel like I'm desperate to talk about yes we do uh can we hear a little bit more from Claire yeah let's do it the second one is The Weekend by Charlotte Wood A group of older women meet at the house of one of their friends who has recently died. Old rivalries and irritations are dredged up as they try to clear the house. It's a brilliant description of older women and they are written with all their personal histories and foibles so that they are completely real. So, thank you very much, Claire. I feel like she's handing over to me like I'm a new reporter. (laughs) Um, so let's talk about the weekend by charlotte wood i uh have so much to say (laughs) about how much i love this book too particularly the character of wendy who i just think is the best character she's just amazing and about female friendship and about you know mature women Mm -hmm. being able to just be women (laughs) and it not matter you know they're they're written so well and I just I adored it how about you yeah I agree I really love this book and I was pleasantly surprised by it actually I spoke about this on Instagram when I reviewed the book but I naturally gravitate towards books that have a 20-something female protagonist at the center mm-hmm. and that's what I tend to gravitate towards because, you know, relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Complex, chaotic women in their 20s. I'm in. <laughs> I have no idea why. But I think it was so great to read from these women's perspectives because 
it's rare that we get to read from this perspective. It's rare that we have these fleshed out complex women that are at a later stage in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's rare that we get to see things from their perspective and the, the only thing that makes them different is age yes <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> it's literal it's literally age like the number and people are like age is just a number I, used, I hate people when they say that but I get it right because these women yes they have the the package that comes along with being a bit older which is maybe you've got a bit of a dodgy knee or a bit forgetful or whatever like things that just happen naturally yeah. with older age but particularly the character of Adele she's got to be 16 in her mind like there yeah. is no way she's older than that <laughs> you know and I feel I feel 16 and I'm not yeah I do not feel like an adult and I don't think you ever do. I mean, I do think some people are born at the age of 40. Yeah. Um, I genuinely believe people are people can be old souls. But the women in this are are people. They're not ages. They're not old women. They're just people. They are. And it's so refreshing, so refreshing to see that take on it, you know? And yeah, and I will always love Wendy and her dog Finn for the rest of my life. Wow. Finn is just gorgeous. In my mind, he's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, he's old and he like pisses and shits everywhere. But but we love him. We love him. <laughs> I think as well, like it explores these three friends are gathering at their friend's house and she's just died. So there is that element of grief. Mm-hmm. And this is clearly a friendship that has, you know, it's been a really long friendship. Like Thirty years, didn't they? Yeah, they've been friends for a long time. They know they'll they'll know everything there is to know about each other. Mm-hmm. And they know each other's lives inside out, and they've there's kind of no question in the fact that of course they'll come together, and of course they'll yeah. this this woman that's died has children who are not willing to come out and do all this work. But as her friends, they've gone well. That's that's and and every female friend, every close female friend I have. I know if anything happened to me, it would be like, you know, the saying it takes a village that they would be like, there would be no question about the fact that of course they would all be around here. They'd be sorting everything out. They'd be organizing everything. They'd be working as a team. It's that whole, like, you know, sex in the city, the the film when um, Carrie says to them, Carrie's been jilted at the altar and they go on her honeymoon and everything needs to be sorted. And she says to them, you girls could run the world because they just arrange her life for her on her return. And I feel like it's that same sort of energy. It's like, they've gone right. She's gone. We need to go and sort all this. Mm -hmm. And it's all a very kind of nice idea that they've all come together to sort this out. But then all these really like bitter parts of them (laughs) kind of flicker at different moments and all these betrayals come out and there's so much drama (laughs) (laughs) there's so much drama and what I love as well is that their relationships like their relationship was defined by there being four of them yes and the fact that one of them has gone it's literally like the other three are like well what do we do because I don't know what I am to you anymore without Sylvie you know and and there was nuances to each individual connection Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. Adele to Wendy and Wendy to Jude and, you know, each relationship, each had an individual connection. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, as these different things come out, I don't want to give any spoilers, but as these different things come out, you know that there's 
certain people that are closer than others, certain people that are keeping certain things from other friends. And it's a lot connecting them, but also a lot that's dividing them at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, and I found and, that really interesting. Yeah. It, and it is so compelling that you can't yeah. stop reading it. And like there is a reveal towards the end of a secret that actually left me gobsmacked. <laughs> I was like, are you joking that 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 happened? And it was just so well timed. It was, so it was. Well, well kind of crafted the moment of the reveal and then the aftermath. Yeah, the pace, the pace was perfect. Just, I was just like, what? And I was as shocked as I think the character was. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And, the, you know, because there's no hint of that beforehand of, of what happens. And it's, let me tell you, it's worth reading the book for that moment alone. 100%, 100%, <laughs> definitely. It really is. And I, and I also loved, you know, it's, while it has quite dark elements to it, whilst it does explore themes of grief and there is kind of betrayals, it is also really funny. Yeah. Oh, it's hysterical. I feel like it's it does. It, it's a novel that's able to do a lot. You yeah. know, and and it was really funny, you know, you're reading from these women's minds and they're talking about like the trivialities of of being an older woman and you know, bodily functions that <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are like really repulsed by bodily functions and some of them are like, Oh, you know, I've just pissed myself laughing and uh, that's, that's just... why I love I love the fact that in this isn't spoil anything, but Wendy turns up to the house covered in dog piss yeah and like he's just like it's just a bit of dog piss and Jude's like heaving in the corner yeah. like whoa <laughs> so one thing I did want to say and I have no idea because Lydia just went quiet on my end for about 30 seconds so no idea if she's just said the exact same thing you but... know what what I said was very profound and if it's not been recorded we've lost a piece of, uh, of history <laughs> So one thing that I really loved and I briefly mentioned it earlier is these women being fleshed out people and fleshed out characters. Uh, And I think the important thing about that is that they weren't being written as stereotypes. I think before this novel, I've only kind of read older women or older men written as stereotypes. You know, these like Mm. frail old people that are incapable of looking after themselves or you know somebody feeling sorry for them or I don't know it's like you get to a particular age and people think that you're just suddenly incapable and I liked that these women did not fit those molds you know they broke up broke them and they were you know they were these women that have had like a long life where you know many things have existed in their lives you know they've had marriages they've had careers that have either been successful or gone completely wrong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I have to mention, it's Adele, isn't it? The actor? Adele, yeah. An icon, an absolute icon. Her being an actor that's just not had anything decent for the longest time. I'm like, that is, <laughs> if that's me, I'll be fuming. <laughs> I'll be Wendy. I'll turn up covered in the dog piss and you can be Adele. <laughs> you can be the, what's the glamorous uh, woman that's had a really successful career? What's oh her name? Oh my gosh, I've forgotten her name. How annoying is that? I need to find her. I'm gone. Sonia. Hey, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> so Sonia and her fancy man Gillespie. Yeah, fancy man slash director slash producer slash everything. Everything. <laughs> She's yeah. iconic for any actress. That's your future, unfortunately. Don't don't make me sad. 
However, we have another two to get through. So let's have Claire introduce our third book. Thirdly, How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Her House by Cherry Jones. Lala lives off Baxter's Beach on Barbados. And it might be beautiful, but just behind the tourist traps, life is not so pretty. This is a difficult read with lots of male violence against women, but it's brilliantly written. Okay, so Lydia, How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Her House by Cherry Jones. You, again, read that first because (laughs) it was on the same women's prize for fiction list as Claire was wasn't it it was indeed it was now give us your thoughts Lydia what did you love about the novel well let me tell you it's been a year and a half almost since I read it for the first time and it has stayed with me well and truly stayed with me because of how brilliantly written it is it's gorgeous And it's so dark. And like Claire said, there's a lot of male violence in it. This is not, it's not an easy read. No. But it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Just the way she forms words and sentences and creates like these tableaus of of scenes. Like they're just gorgeous. And I I don't remember every single detail of the book. But I, I know the feeling of the book. I know the feeling of the story of the characters of what happened because it was an emotional read for me. Yeah. And it I, I was just blown away. But you've read it more recently. I have, so yeah. How did you find it? I really enjoyed it. Again, don't think Claire would recommend a bad book after <laughs> what we've what we've read so far. I, I thought it was an incredible book. And like Lydia and Claire have mentioned, you know, there is a lot of male violence against women there is you know there are themes of sexual trauma childhood trauma you know these are not light topics that are explored in the book but they are explored so beautifully and it is a really moving read and a really powerful one and I was completely blown away by the fact that this is a debut novel I I don't I don't it's just ridiculous. No. Like, <laughs> it, uh, literally, like, no, lies. It can't be. It's can't so be. good. It's incredible. It really is incredible. The thing at the centre of the novel, it's kind of built around this folk tale that was her grandma. So we have, there's three perspectives in this book. There's Wilma, Lala and Mira. So Wilma's a woman <laughs> and her daughter is Lala and her grandchild is Mira. And it was really interesting to kind of track back and forth between these women mm-hmm. and see their lives and how how much their lives have been touched by this like cycle. They, it, they just seem to be unable to escape this cycle of trauma and abuse and yeah. violence. And it is graphic in parts. Very but graphic. what I was going to say is that it's this kind of a at the center and the really clever thing about the title is it's based around this kind of cautionary folk tale that Wilma tells her daughter her grandchild is Wilma told it someone's told this cautionary folk folk tale (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not doing well here (laughs) this cautionary folk tale is told and it's kind of to warn it's something that's used to warn girls not to disobey their mothers basically and it's you know it's told at the start and it's this whole metaphor for what is explored in the novel and like I said it does get really dark it's it is difficult a difficult read in parts 
And as well as it being visceral in the sense of it being dark, I, th- I do think it's done really well. And I do think these topics are handled really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with it being set in Barbados, you know, when we picture somewhere like Barbados, we're picturing white beaches. We're picturing like these luxury scenes that we might see on like Instagram or like on social media somewhere. This is not that. <laughs> this no. is, you know, a darker kind of reality in Barbados. You know, this is the side of, you know, a much poorer area that there are drugs, there are violence, there is poverty. Yeah. And all of these things, you know, affect everyone. And that it then becomes this kind of generation after generation are being impacted by the decisions made by the previous generation and the things that have affected their previous generation. And I think that's done really well. I think sometimes with multi-generational tales, you, you can sometimes get a bit lost, whereas I didn't get lost in this. I yeah. really followed these women and, you know, really felt for each of them. And I loved getting an insight into their individual stories and how their lives have impacted their next generation and kind mm-hmm. of so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, and I've noticed a, a theme in Claire's recommendations of like, it is very much about poverty stricken characters, mainly women, and about grief and loss. They play a part in, in all of the recommendations she's given us. And I think that in particular, this one showcases the grief, the poverty, the love, all very strongly because it is a story of highs and lows and it is a story of loving deeply and being hurt deeply and it's just it's just incredible and I would urge people to read it with the with the massive caveat of just you have to be ready emotionally to tackle it because it is not an easy read there there is infant loss there is there is domestic violence um and there's also male and male violence as well there is mm-hmm. there is a lot in there that that could trip you up but it's beautifully written mm-hmm. it's gorgeous and it just it's it transports you it's it does unbelievably good yeah and I, yeah i can't believe that it's a debut <laughs> uh, again like what, what's going on too good <laughs> Oh God. These talented people make me sick. <laughs> Shall we move on to Claire's final choice? I would love to. And finally, Jesus's Son by Dennis Johnson. This is uh, 11 linked short stories by a master storyteller. And I wouldn't normally be drawn to stories about drug users and crime, but these are all perfect. Crazy and chaotic, but perfect. I hope you get to read one of them. Or more. So, Jesus's Son by Dennis Johnson, a short story collection, uh, the only short story collection of the recommendations. And when I say short story, I mean tiny. It's like a page so per tiny. story. It's so short as well. It's like 120 pages long. It is. It's the tiny. quickest read ever. The yeah, whole book it, is a, the quickest read ever. You can literally, if you're a, if you're a moderate reader, you can read it in about two hours. Like yeah. it's not, it's really not hard to 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 read it all. But the content, it's like it's like he, it's like he condensed this huge novel full of deep characters and and fantastic storylines and and brilliant scenes and like made it as condensed as possible and then thought can I fit that on one page 
and did it so brilliantly I was Mm. like how are you doing that and the stories are all interwoven and they all I'm right in saying aren't I that they all they're all based on one protagonist yeah um and and at first that is a bit tricky to get your head around because you're like what is this a new story is this not well that's that's what I took from it yeah no it is it is yeah (laughs) um and it takes a second to kind of catch up with yourself and be like oh right okay so this is the style it's a bit the style of it is a bit off kilter doesn't give you much in way of uh descriptions or adjectives or anything that's going to kind of flesh anything out he very much gives you the bare bones of of people and it is enough yeah um it's more than enough and you feel like you're kind of stepping into the middle of a scene when you start a new story yeah which I loved absolutely loved but yeah I think it was the hardest one out of the four recommendations for me to get my head around and yeah. to grasp it's it wasn't easy for me to understand it I did have to concentrate but I felt like I got loads from it Can yeah I, I I felt the same it was I got lost in parts mm-hmm. but I do think it was brilliant and I think Claire describes it perfectly as being like crazy and chaotic but also yeah. perfect. <laughs> but <laughs> um, perfect because it is it is so well written mm-hmm. but and you know it explores drug use and crime like really well yeah. and I think the style that it's written in you almost feel like you're on drugs reading it yeah <laughs> like it is it is very chaotic and I did enjoy that and I thought that was done really well but I did get lost in parts mm-hmm. um and I do I do agree it is one that you've got to kind of concentrate on but it is a really short read so it's something that you'll fly through, but you can't be, you know, pausing or kind of zoning out partway through. <laughs> you can't do that. No, um, no. I, I also really loved that there was a lot of dialogue in this. I think there's not, I'm trying to think if there's many books anymore that are very dialogue heavy. Sally really yeah. likes to use quite a bit of dialogue, doesn't she? She does, yeah. And and yeah, it, it, there are, but that felt feels more conversational, relaxed conversations. What, from this book? Uh, no, from Sally Rooney I feel like it's a lot of kind of like uh, everyday dialogue where with with this novel I felt like every word was placed there on purpose yeah there was very much kind of deliberateness about Mm. about the way that the characters talk to one another Mm -hmm. um that I really enjoyed um but yeah I did I I mean I'm I'm not ashamed to admit that I did find it hard and I think some of it may have flown over my head but I, I loved what they talked about what the main protagonist kind of demonstrated about alcoholism and mm-hmm. the use of like narcotics and yeah and how that can alter your brain and alter the way that you think and feel and the way that they interact with the people around them um I thought that was so so uh well done in this mm. case um because it at no point is it you know this person is alcoholic this person is a drug user this person is you know in trouble or anything like that it's just a part of their life yeah just ha- what they're doing yeah um and yeah I found that that was a really sort of interesting take on a character um and yeah and I, it, I thoroughly enjoyed that addiction is obviously a really complex thing mm. and I think that was explored really well mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. because it was told from the perspective of somebody that was going through addiction and so mm they're not necessarily taken into the into account like they're not constantly thinking like I am an addict they're just going about their daily (laughs) you know they're just going about their daily life 
And it just so happens that, you know, they're gravitating towards alcohol or they're gravitating towards yeah. drugs and they're not really thinking anything of it. It's just no, something I mean, that... At one point, the protagonist is like, so I just took a line of coke and I had a vodka and then I went out and then I did. And it's like yeah. part of the routine of the... Yeah. And I'm like, what? that's like a huge thing that you just did. It's not, it's not in this world. And I thought, you know, because that's what addicts think like, that's what, what substance abuse can do to people. People, yeah it, it it becomes the norm and there's um, usually like a real seriousness around those types of topics whereas they didn't feel like there was much of a seriousness in this book yeah it, well it the did... seriousness was there for you to discover it was yeah the, the protagonist was unaware but the tone itself wasn't yeah super serious which mm-hmm when you're normally reading about these topics, it normally feels very serious. And yeah. whereas this didn't, it, it yeah, felt yeah. kind of, I don't know, is frivolous the right word? Or am I just making a word up? No, frivolous. Not frivolous. Yeah, frivolous. No. Like, frivolous. Yeah, like like throwaway almost, you know. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you mean because it, it did feel like that. And I think that was so intentional because, oh, yeah. because the character is not looking for recovery, is not mm-hmm. looking for a way out because it, it's just their life and I, again I think that was just so well done yeah um and so yeah so I enjoyed it but it was a it wasn't an easy read for me in terms no. of like yes I flew through it because it's tiny but I think I would love to go back and reread it mm-hmm. and be like okay I kind of get what's going on now a bit more yeah. now that I've got the perspective um of having read it all um because I think I spent the first maybe like couple of stories a bit lost like whoa what is this style mm. what am I doing yeah um and so yeah so it's not it's not the easiest of reads but it's definitely worth a go especially when mm. it's that short absolutely Lydia I'm holding a knife to your throat Oh no. Which is your favourite? I knew you'd ask me that. I knew you would. I'm going to have to say, hello and arm, sister sweet to her house. I have knew to it was going to be that. Did you? knew it was oh. going to be that. Um, I knew it. It ticks all my boxes, doesn't it? It's just, mm-hmm. it was just uh, unbelievably beautifully written. It's dark. It's dismal. You know, my favourite things. Um <laughs> Um, but I know I loved it. I loved the voice it was written in. I loved the characters, um, the issues it tackled with skill and deafness. It was just, yeah, it, it's it stuck with me, and uh, mm. I'm definitely going to be rereading it. Love that. Um, how about you, Hannah? No, I've, I've took I... the knife. I've took it. <laughs> I've disarmed I it. I didn't agree to this. No, I've disarmed <laughs> it. I've took it. I've done like one of them ninja moves. Now you've got the knife to your throat. Oh, no, because I'm stuck. I'm stuck because I would say how the one-armed sister sweeps a house, no. but I was you're really... You're not allowed the same one. Okay, how the one-armed sister sweeps a house as well. No, you're not allowed the same one as me. I'm not allowed the same one? No, I've just said oh, you're not allowed to I thought the you said... the game. Okay, sorry. Okay, so then <laughs> snuggy s- rochka then. If you wouldn't allow me the same one, then Snuggy Rochka. No. Um, I loved Snuggy Rochka. I did also love The Weekend as well. Do you know what? There Uh, were so many great books. You know what? (laughs) Hannah, does it hurt, you know, that fence post up your arse? (laughs) I feel attacked. I feel attacked. So that's all we've got time for today. Uh, Hannah was meant to be leaving to drive to Newcastle 23 minutes ago and is still... (laughs) 
still recording still here <laughs> it's a um, commitment commitment it is a pod. it is honey and we love it uh thank you so much to claire for giving us these incredible book recommendations she did not disappoint and no. we absolutely adored these uh now if you want to give claire a follow which if you don't want to then don't speak to me um you can find her on instagram at writer claire fuller uh, which is W-R-I-T-E-R-C-L-A-I-R-E-F-U-L-L-E-R. And as Lydia said before, you can find a hashtag, <laughs> Claire's Books at Breakfast. Definitely follow that hashtag because it's brilliant. There are so many good recommendations on there and your bank balance isn't going to thank you, but your brain will be thanking you. Um, Claire's new book, The Memory of Animals, which has got the most incredible cover it was revealed today and uh, that's out on the 20th of april 2023 and you can pre-order now it's published by penguin fig tree but you'll be able to pre-order from all good bookshops and we will most certainly also be getting our hands on this you can guarantee that's honey <laughs> and yeah please do rate review and subscribe as it helps to boost us in the charts we would love to reach more listeners um we've got some amazing guests lined up and we are so excited but that is all from us for now please stay tuned for the next step Honestly, some amazing people coming up. Some corkers. So, I just yeah. want to shout all the names out. But I'm not allowed. No, Hannah's told no. me I'm not allowed. Absolutely not. You can find <laughs> us at a pair of bookends pod. We are also on TikTok. Sorry, at pair of bookends pod on Instagram. And you can also find us at pair of bookends on Twitter. We've recently got Twitter. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, you can also find us a pair of bookends on TikTok as well. As I said before, please do give us a review. Please do subscribe. I shall be the first to hear about all these amazing authors we've got coming on. We can't wait. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of top of your tbr with claire fuller thank you so much for listening bye-bye yeah, bye.